This is Money Talks. My name is Michael Campbell. Money Talks is brought to you by Solera Club. Solera Club is a royalty-based investment, which means you as an investor gets paid first. It has no fees attached to it, and it's in the tech side of things. It's in the tech uh, industry. For more information, go to soleraclub.com. Federal Election Day Monday. So let's start with arguably the biggest con of this campaign. I know there's a ton of competition, but this tops my list, and that is the election is about change. Believing that takes you smack dab to the corner of naive and pathetically gullible. And I can tell you that every bureaucrat in Ottawa, every special interest group on the receiving end of your tax dollars, every overpaid government appointee to some commission, tribunal, or inquiry, and every lobbyist is thrilled that you believe that. I get that politicals absolutely hate comments like this, but I'm simply trying to save you from proving P.T. Barnum right when he said there's a sucker born every minute. Now think about it. No party is offering to change the size and scope of government. They're all debating how much bigger it's going to get. Both the Liberals and NDP want a bigger bureaucracy, more public sector workers, Conservatives promise to maintain the status quo. This is not the definition of meaningful change. No party is promising to reduce the scope of government intervention in society. They all agree that government should be involved in just about everything, from choosing the channels we can watch through the CRTC to deciding who in the arts or the business community deserve to receive your tax dollars. The only change you're going to see is a different set of party supporters on the payroll of one of the hundreds of departments, agencies, crown corporations, or other government entities. But no party is offering to change how they operate, how many are on staff, or even do a cost-benefit analysis. No party's talking about changing business subsidies and special deals for industry. Everyone who gets a piece of your tax dollars is going to continue to get your money no matter which party forms government. We've got a great example right now with all four parties supporting the continuation of supply management in dairy, eggs, and poultry. The Trans-Pacific Trade Deal is going to open up just 3.25% of that market, and in return, farmers are going to get to divvy up $4.3 billion tax dollars over 15 years. No economists support supply management. All agree that consumers are forced to pay more. On average, you pay as a family 300 more per year. For what? For nothing. The money goes to farmers who literally on average have more money than 99% of the population. But no matter, no party's going to take on the dairy industry. They're not going to take on the auto lobby. They're not going to take on any subsidized industry or any special interest group. No party is going to even discuss things like the massive divide between public sector benefits and salaries with their private sector counterparts. That's especially true when it comes to public sector pensions and the age at which people retire. Memorize this number. The C.D. Howe Institute estimates the public sector pensions are underfunded by $244 billion. In other words, you as a taxpayer are on the hook for an additional $244 billion besides what taxpayers already, already contribute through their current taxes to public sector pensions. And this is all before they can save for their own retirement. There's going to be no change here. The Conservatives are promising to basically maintain the current tax burden, while the Liberals are promising to increase taxes on the upper income earners. NDP promises higher tax business taxes. That's not change. Let me finish with this. The world has changed. 
Demographics alone are going to force significant changes in government. But all parties refuse to acknowledge the costs associated with the aging population because that means admitting the status quo and government's over. I mean, it's already happened in so many jurisdictions. This is what kills me. You see that Illinois didn't make its pension payments this month? Hey, if you win the lottery in Illinois, you get 600 bucks. That's all they can afford to give you right now. But you already know that Detroit went bankrupt because of, again, their entitlement problem. You know that Puerto Rico just has. You, I mean, the list is long. We know it's Stockton, California. You should know what's going on in Southern Europe. But we don't even talk about it. Instead, the promises range from more of the same to even more of the same. And people continue to get fooled into believing that someone else is going to pay. Well, then I invite you to look at your hydro bill, your MSP premiums, your property tax increases, your user fees, your gas taxes. What specifically did you get in return? For the answer, nothing. It was there to protect the status quo in government. Yeah, change, not a chance. I'll take a break. We'll come back. Michael Levy, the top three stories that smart people are talking about. Plus, we got a great Mike's big fat idea all coming your way. Stay with us. I hope you stay with me for my shocking stat of the week. Uh, I think it's an important one, and I really look forward to you getting a chance to hear it. And it's a completely different take on the election. Michael Levy joins me on the line right now. What smart people are talking about. Well, what is it, Mike? What's number three? Well, number three, and this is the world's largest bricks-and-mortar retailer. And now we've got a divide between bricks-and-mortar and online, Mike, because the divide is huge. But Walmart, this week warned on profit, and their stock has, has had its steepest decline in 25 years. And Walmart is saying that their profit uh, in the coming year would take as much as a 12% hit, and that's because of the money they have to spend bringing their e-commerce site up to date and cutting prices in order to be profitable cutting prices in order to be profitable yeah it's it's fascinating to see by the way that how slow uh you know traditional industries are to react to these kind of changes i mean my goodness amazon's been around i I, this is off the top of my head for 20 years you know uh, look at the success of alibaba that kind of stuff and yes walmart's already online but they had this phenomenal as others did this phenomenal advantage in the marketplace and didn't really wake up, you know, because of their size, because of their reach, their brand name, that kind of stuff. And yet, as you say, they're still tinkering with their online presence. It's uh, I find it amazing. Uh, I do too, Mike. And to take a hit like that, when the uh, forecasts were for a 4% profit increase in 216, 217, and they're talking about a 12% hit. And, Mike, they are. They try to soften it by doing a $20 billion share buyback program in the next couple of years. In other words, taking shares off the market to maybe soften the, the, the effect of this announcement. It did no such thing. The market just sold right through that, and Walmart just took that 10% hit in one day. Mike, it wiped billions of dollars off the personal fortune of Sam Walton's heirs, the Walmart kids who now control the stock. So this is a monumental event, not only for the biggest drop 
in uh, 25 years with Walmart, but the fact how the landscape is changing, and boy, Amazon is the catalyst for that change. Well, lots of stuff there. I mean, I see that Walmart's going to try and add curbside pickup for groceries uh, that you can order online, then you go pick it up in about 10 markets. I love the idea that, uh, look at again this week, that we had Uber uh, now combining with certain outlets to do delivery so you could have same-day delivery. I mean, this is all in the, the uh, initial stages, but it's just a reminder of how fast that marketplace is going to change. And uh, really, the, the, talk about a case where competition brings out the best for consumers. Uh, and that's another, you know, there's so many examples, but this is such a vivid one. What about number two? Number two, and we're going to stay with tech because this was a mind-blowing deal. Dell, that's Michael Dell's Dell that he took private in 2013 with a $25 billion buyout uh, of the company to take it off the stock markets and, as I say, to go private. They just made a deal with EMC Corp. They are a data storage company for $67 billion. Hear that figure, $67 billion, (laughs) and it's the biggest tech acquisition ever. Yeah, and it is interesting. I mean, the challenge for uh, computer makers, because people, of course, have gone first into tablets. Now, of course, there's been this monstrous move into smartphones, but replacing uh, computers. So, I mean, the challenge, again, with the, the immense change, the immense competition, it's just a fascinating industry. It is, Mike. And um, uh, this will really help Dell raise its profile in data centers. And, you know, EMC right now, the data storage company, has 21% of the storage market as of figures last year. That's about twice what Dell had. So you put them together, and Michael Dell, again, forward-looking. He knows the sale of laptop computers or desktop and servers is not going to carry his company into the future. Mm -hmm. He's probably the best of a bad lot, but to get into the storage business like this, he sees where the future is. And again, it's all about a high-tech revolution, Mike. That always scares me when I make a tech investment, by the way, that, you know, 15 minutes later, somebody's going to come along with a better deal, you know, a better product. So that's just another example of what a challenge it is there. What about number one? Well, Mike, I don't usually delve into real estate in the mornings. That's Ozzy's purview, and he does such a great job. But this is a Canada story, and I think one of the biggest Canadian business economic stories of the year. And this is uh, uh, Royal LePage's study. Comes out every year. Phil Soper, their CEO, and a man with great credibility in this business. And housing affordability, a growing challenge in Canada's two hottest markets, says Royal LePage. And you can read Greater Toronto Authority, and you can read Metro Vancouver. And and everyone in those two cities is going, no kidding, Sherlock. Maybe not quite those words. (laughs) Exactly right. Well, Mike, the average house price in Vancouver, and that's where I think we take a look. Toronto is basically the same. Climbed to $928,500 in the quarter. That's up 13%. From this quarter last year, and Soper was on BNN this week, and I watched the interview because I was so interested to what he had to say, and he made one so salient point. He says, these are people buying for residents, single-family homes or two-story homes detached. 
He says only two and a half percent of the market in Toronto and Vancouver is is being bought by foreign investors. The other ninety seven and a half percent are being bought by people living locally, either citizens or landed immigrants buying for residents, Mike. And I think that is really uh, talking about salient points. That is one of the salient points is the demand is for living space for Canadians. I would say, though, uh, this is what year five of the market's got to go down in those two centers. <laughs> you know what? We're up 20 percent. You know, when you look at house prices, here's one for everybody, uh, you know, who's not out uh, in Vancouver. Uh, the price of a two story, the median price of a standard two story home in West Vancouver is now two million seven hundred seventy five thousand seven hundred eighty two dollars let's just say wow to that thanks mike go out and have a terrific weekend you too mike michael levy with the top three stories smart people are talking about stay with us we've got the mike's big fat investment idea coming up stay with us hope you stay with me for my shocking stat coming up right now kyle green joins me on the line He's with uh, Mortgage Alliance Meridian Mortgage Services. He's a mortgage broker. Time for Mike's Big Fat Idea. Kyle, thanks for being with us, and let's have it. What's your big fat idea? Well, um, a lot of our investors have actually been buying up in Northeast BC. Um, Probably about 50% or so of my investment property mortgages have been up in that region. And and why is that? I mean, uh, what's the deal up there? I mean, we've certainly got an energy slowdown so far. Uh, what's what's driving that kind of interest? Well, it's it's not just the LNG. There's also the Site C dam as well. So Site C has uh, has started handing out contracts, and um, we've seen that some foundation work has, has begun on that project. And that's a project that's going to create about seven thousand to ten thousand person years of direct employment up there. So. That's probably the big reason right now, um, and LNG on top of that is, is really the icing on the cake. What what communities are sort of impacted the most? Fort St. John and Dawson Creek are, are the two primary ones that, uh, that mm-hmm. are impacted. Uh, let's, I mean, give us an idea. People are going to be listening from uh, other parts uh, of the province other than northern British Columbia. They're listening from Alberta across the country. Uh, yep. What are we talking here? If I, if you, if, uh, you know, I, and I know this is a very broad question, uh, Kyle, but sort of broadly speaking, what size house are we looking at? Or, or what I meant the cost for uh, accommodation. Yep. So if you're looking at uh, 14 John is more expensive than Dawson Creek. Um, if you're looking at a... A house in uh, in Dawson Creek, you're looking at probably anywhere from the lows would be you know 200 250 up to about five hundred thousand dollars for something that's brand new. Fort St. John, you're going to be looking at a higher price point. You're probably looking at uh, more like 350 or uh, or so in the low end, and and for something that's brand new, you're probably paying about 650. And and again, obviously, uh, if people are doing this as an investment idea, they're looking yeah. for uh, you know the kind of rents and and uh, vacancy rates, that kind of stuff. So what's that like right now? Yep. So vacancy rates in uh, in Dawson are a little bit higher, but um, but they're still around around six percent. Fort St. John, Dawson, uh, Fort St. John has been around two percent for the last uh, last year or so. Vacancy rates have been uh, have been dropping, particularly in Fort St. John, which is where more most of the industrial uh, uh, sector seems to be held. Um, mm-hmm. You can buy half duplex up in Fort St. John right now for about $400,000, and it'll rent for about $2,500 a month. Okay, and what about in Dawson Creek? Yeah, you could buy, in Dawson Creek, you could probably buy a um, house with a basement suite in it for about 
400 to 500 and you could probably get uh, rents of about $2,800 a month there. Yeah, interesting stuff, though. As I say, uh, it's uh, the Sightsee Dam, if you're not familiar, of course, there's going to be thousands of jobs there. You're right, uh, in British Columbia, people are waiting to see how the LNG uh, liquid natural gas kind of uh, goes at this point. But I think Shell also has an announcement to come in the next several months. Yeah, we're uh, anticipating something early next year, so potentially in January or February of next year. And, and Petronas's um, positive investment decision that they made earlier uh, this year, which of course has uh, has a lot of asterisks next to it, is a sure. $40 billion project. We're talking about $40 billion being injected into a community that has about 50,000 people right now. So... That's just, it's, it's astonishing numbers. It's, you know, a number of Olympics for a community that has a population, you know, a hundredth of the, uh, the size down here. People sort of salivating like uh, in the old days of Fort McMurray, I think, with that. <laughs> Absolutely, exactly. Kyle, thanks so much for taking the time. Much appreciated. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, Mike. Kyle Green is a Mortgage Alliance. Uh, he works for Mortgage Alliance Meridian uh, Mortgage Services. He is a mortgage broker up there. Uh, you know, it's always interesting to see where people are uh, finding opportunities. Again, it's all spurred by the record low interest rates that we're experiencing right now. And, and there's no sign that that's changing. I mean, you got the retail numbers out of the states again this week uh, that were very uh, disappointing, let's call them. Uh, Michael Levy just alluded to that when he was talking about uh, Walmart and their resp- uh, their results. Again, very disappointing. Uh, so there's no big push in the U.S. to raise rates. I think you're going to find the consensus moves out uh, from September but starts moving into the next year for that. Uh, I think March looks like the kind of date that they're throwing around. But, of course, we've been serially disappointed uh, in that. So there's no upward pressure on interest rates. So people can't expect to see some sort of relief when they're looking for yield that of course has been uh, successful in a lot of real estate but that's still the challenge i think for investors you know as we go forward is where exactly are we going to find uh, yield on any of this stuff i got to take a break. I'm going to come back. I've got all sorts of guests planned for you, Dr. Gary Schilling. I've got uh, Victor Adair on deck for us. I've got Ozzy Jurek ready to go. And I hope you stay with me for the shocking stat of the week. We're just coming through our Canadian election campaign, and uh, it always depresses me, I've got to be honest, because I think so much of it insults the intelligence of individuals. Uh, my favorite stuff, though, and i got to laugh at it, is when a major media outlet sort of quotes a celebrity and what their opinion is, like, I tell you personally, I don't care what they're thinking. I mean, it's not an illumination of any of the issues. It's just sort of their personal kind of opinion. Uh, that, unfortunately, is more prominent during the campaign than I would have liked. But uh, as I say, you still got two days to sort of educate yourself on what the issues are, what's going on, in the not just in the campaign, but, again, important decisions to be made. I'll take, take a break. I'll come back. Much more planned for you. Stay with us right here on Money Talks across the Chorus Radio Network.